Hello and welcome to the In Publishing podcast, bringing you weekly insights into the newspaper and magazine publishing sector. I'm Kia Byrne and this week my guest is Hannah Taylor, editor of independent magazine The Delicate Rebellion. We would like to thank our podcast sponsor Atex. Atex provides software solutions to newspapers, magazines and online publishers worldwide. Its products include Desk, a content management suite with flexible options for efficient digital and print publishing, and cross-advertising, a cloud-based solution providing end-to-end multi-channel advertising management. For more information, go to atex.com. Our guest this week on the In Publishing podcast is Hannah Taylor from The Delicate Rebellion. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, thanks for having me. So can you begin by telling us how the Delicate Rebellion came about and what is your mission and your vision? Um, Well, the Delicate Rebellion is actually, um, I guess, the big sister publication of our previous um, magazine called She is Fierce. So we started printing that back in 2017 um, and during the first four issues of that, uh, I grew up a lot and so did our readership. So last year we rebranded to Delicate Rebellion. Um, So I guess it feels now that we're wearing a coat that fits us. Um, Our mission and vision is, I guess, to um, provide inspiration in the form of creative role models for people um, so we kind of shy away from celeb and mainstream culture and focus on um, mainly women in the arts and creative industries who are carving out a career for themselves. And you mentioned She is Fierce. Can you just go back a bit and tell us more about that and, and then why you felt it was time to change and refine what you were doing with that? Uh, yeah, um, so when I first started um, publishing, um, i just come out of uni. Uh, I, I studied a master's in magazine publishing at Napier University. And um, yeah, I guess I just wanted a, a project that would kind of keep my fingers in the magazine publishing pot, if you like, um, until I could find my feet in the industry. So I started uh, an online, just basically on Instagram, put a call out for submissions for, um, yeah, creative and artistic uh, work uh, with a focus on the teenage girls market. Um, I threw out my sort of, when I was doing my uh, dissertation, I looked at lots of different avenues. And one of the things that kind of piqued my interest was the teenage girls market and the lack of sort of diversity in those titles and the lack of sort of inspiring content. Um, And and yeah, I ended up doing my dissertation on something completely different, but that thought was always there. And I'm also, I'm I'm also um, a mother to a little girl. So it was kind of, uh, it kind of went hand in hand with my interest there. So I started this on Instagram. We printed a zine from the submissions that we received and it was our first proper big issue printed in, I think, December of 2016. And it was aimed at teenage girls right 
Um, and there was nothing else out there for teenage girls like that at the time. It was beautifully uh, printed, beautifully designed on gorgeous paper, and it was a real keeper. Um, but the feedback from that was because we were focusing on a creative and artistic content that essentially there, there should be no age limit to that because the people who were buying it for their for their daughters were reading it and consuming it and enjoying it as well. So soon after the first issue, um, I felt that we should just open up to everybody and there was no age caps or age limits put on submissions. It was 14 and up there was no upward limit and um, we kind of got rid of all mention of the teenage girls market because we were still capturing that audience anyway because it was where we had kind of stemmed from Um, and then I guess four issues later I felt like we had grown up with our audience and the name She Is Fierce just didn't fit Um, I actually never liked it from the beginning Um, I just didn't expect the project to kind of grow the arms and legs that it did. So before we got any um, larger, if you like, I wanted to make it feel comfortable for me and the readers. So a change was needed. So we kind of um, tightened our belt last year and, and made it into a comfortable place for us to all move forward. And I was going to ask about the name, The Delicate Rebellion. Where did that come from? And and I, I noticed there's an acute accent on the E, giving it a bit of a French feel. But I think I read you saying that you don't speak French yet, but it's an aspiration. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like the magazine and the community is all about aspiration. And I feel like I've always been really transparent with my journey and, you know, what I can do and what I can't do. Um, I am actually learning French and I have been for a while um but yeah the aspiration to kind of um do something um that you want to do for your own reasons and for no other reason than just because you want to is like a big part of um our ethos and encouraging people to kind of just give it a try so that's why I thought oh we'll just put a wee accent there but yeah the um the delicate rebellion it 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 was quite a journey actually trying to get a name that felt right about four months earlier five months earlier I decided that I was going to change the name and picked another name and I was absolutely 100% certain that that was going to be the name um and then I don't know some I was chatting to one of my friends about it and she was like really is that is you know kind of sounds a little bit shoppy and I was like "Mm." and just that sort of doubt (laughs) Uh, planted planted a seed in my mind and I was like oh my god I hate that name now and I'm so glad I didn't go with it so um the delicate rebellion came about it was a mishmash between um one of my Spotify playlists the name of one of my Spotify playlists which I'm completely anal about um and yeah my aspiration to speak French if you like Uh, and I I feel like it kind of I don't know it, it kind of fits as it fits it definitely fits our community um we're uh, we're definitely a bunch of soft souls but um yeah we always say it's not about it's not about the noise how loud a noise you make it's about how you make it so it kind of fits well and can you tell me more about your target reader you you explained that journey of starting off Mm. um looking at teenage girls and then realizing that their mums might be reading it as well and actually there's no age limit on it 
Uh, does your reader have to be female? Can you tell us a bit more about her? Um, at the moment, um, we are, you know, our main demographic, the main people who pick up her magazine are are um, female, non-binary. Um, we're here for everyone, regardless of their relationship or uh, non-relationship with gender. Um, and our submissions are actually open to everyone too. So although we talk a lot about um, women in the creative industries, uh, I think over the past couple of months that I've realised that we're actually just here for everyone. Anyone who has an interest in the art and creative industries, um, as long as they're nice people, then we absolutely want them to be part of the fold. So yeah, um, gender, age, everything. We're, we're, we're As long as you're not a dick, you can come in. <laughs> great um I like that um now you talked about your dissertation you did Mm -hmm. um you studied magazine journalism yeah and um I wrote a uh, so you wrote a really interesting piece um uh for the delicate rebellion uh certainly on your website recently Mm. about the um some of the most beautiful high concept print magazines out there there does seem to have been a resurgence um in high concept print magazines of late why do you think that is and why was it the best fit for you um I'm not sure if there's been a resurgence um or there have always been sort of independent magazines I just think that they're probably much more visible now thanks to social media right um yeah uh I think think nowadays people are because of social media and how everyone like the the difference in the way that we consume news people can be more inclined to I guess look for more grassroots journalism um, and news from like different cultures and societies out with our own day-to-day yeah and I guess I've I I know that I've said that I I basically built my whole brand exclusively on social media but um I am an introvert and I am a bit of a daydreamer so getting my message across in print um I guess really suits my thought process more than churning out endless consumable scrollable content it's the the way that my mind works is it's at a slower pace I think I like to really research things and I enjoy that part of the process um and I think print was obviously a good fit for that um it's I guess because it's created and digested considerately um it allows my readers to kind of spend time with um whoever has written the article or whoever's created the artwork um and feedback and sorry feedback and discussion around the subject that people are consuming it comes at a slower pace than online um which and yet hand hand in hand with that sorry Mm, uh, sorry sorry. but hand in hand with that you you do have a strong social media presence as well um yeah I think I, I have obviously um garnered um a very very lovely community around me on social media and that was very important because essentially I've got no marketing budget Um, I've you know I I do this pretty much solo and I have done since the start so it's social media is a great way for small independents and you know small independents in any industry to um, spread the word so I've been very lucky um, that the vibe that I put out there has attracted a bit of a tribe 
um, and they're very like-minded and they're very supportive and I hope that um, I think the way that I, I use social media is is um, it's more like a conversation with friends um, I'm not just yeah. selling 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 um, my dms are very busy probably busier than my grid that's you know my, my grid posts on Instagram Facebook kind of take a back seat because a lot of conversation just goes on in the background um, yeah which is really lovely it is really lovely and it kind of ha- and I have taken my foot off the pedal a little bit because I must admit and I'm quite open to it um the introverted side of me finds social media quite overwhelming sometimes so okay yeah <laughs> yeah and back to what you're hoping to achieve um you mentioned um challenging the mainstream media's portrayal of women to begin with what was available for teenage girls what are the main problems and issues that you've identified that you, that you want to challenge? Um, I think the challenge in the mainstream kind of comes from the beginning of my journey. Um, so when I first started publishing my pages, there was still a, a big focus on women and what they look like and how they conform to trends and, and stereotypes as well. The stereotype of women being sort of bitchy and catty and really judgmental was kind of forced upon us Um when in fact, I, from, from my experience as a woman, is not true. Um, I, I feel like when I reflect on my teenage years, a lot of that sort of bitchiness and cattiness came from being influenced by the media, like who wore it better. Um, you know, it was kind of like, oh my God, can you believe that she has went out wearing this? And that, that was that was kind of the conversations that we're having when when I was growing up and my friends kind of and myself kind of emulated that kind of chat in in our social gatherings as well and when I kind of removed myself from sort of consuming that media I I felt like I become a nicer person um so I I actually I just wanted to break that down and kind of focus on the the woman behind the talent because mainstream main the mainstream media you know the bigger magazines weren't actually putting a focus on that at all it was all about beauty products or um you know reality tv stars etc etc and so the the first few issues of the magazine it was very much a focus on the art or the the writing of a woman as opposed to what she looked like so we kind of the first four issues we didn't we used illustrations on the cover we never focused on using an actual photograph on the cover um, because we, we really wanted to turn our attention or turn our readers attention away from that and be like oh my god these women are cool it literally does not like you it does not matter what they look like what they're doing is really cool and inspirational and I, I wanted to kind of I, I desperately wanted to get that into sort of teenagers you know so that they could aspire to to do yeah, these cool things yeah. and see that they could also achieve something so cool um, just by playing on their own creativity. But more recently, I do feel that mainstream publications are doing much better. Um, they are, you know, I feel like they, they definitely do have a, a more of a focus on good causes and women who are doing amazing things, which is great. So... Um, yeah it's not so much of a an issue but they I, I guess there's there's only so much that they can do because there's still such a massive demand for for the other type of content the sort of trash talking 
content as well. Yeah. <laughs> which which brings me on to this idea of a creative community um, mm. is central to your mission, and you actually have. Um, a group called The Collective, which runs alongside The Delicate Rebellion. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, The Collective, I guess, was like a natural progression for me. Um, I I was working full-time until, where are we now, 2018. So I was working full-time for an events company, which was... um, you know, it it was quite a a pressurised job. There was a lot going on... um, and yeah. I was doing the magazine at the same time. Plus, you know, I'm a single mom as well. So trying to fit uh, publishing a magazine around all of that was the eternal juggle. And I was just, I, I just kept going through spells of getting burnt out and more burnt out and then kind of losing my focus. Um, I wasn't printing regularly. And I really love the magazine. I love the opportunities that it brings for me to sort of meet and chat with other people who are hustling away just like myself so um yeah this idea of creating a community kind of came or yeah it came to me and I thought uh, it was just a nice touch I felt like um because I was spending so many time so much time writing features and interviewing amazing people it meant that I was basically collecting a lot of new friends because they were so lovely. Um, And I guess what I learned was regardless of your niche in the creative industry, a hustler is a hustler. Um, And we can learn a whole lot from each other regardless of our niches. So, um, you know, fashion designer can, you know, and I do have a fashion designer friend who just through speaking to her on the phone can instantly spark new ideas for ways that I can either distribute the mag or you know features that I could put in the mag etc so I floated the idea of group mentorship with a few of the people that I'd worked with in the magazine and they were super keen to share their experiences and um, yeah totally up for helping to support new creatives so I kind of gathered up 25 of them together and asked a hundred women to join us for a year of like workshops and support to help level up in a, um, yeah, in a closed, safe space, if you like. So, yeah. And is this the second year that you've run that now? Yeah. So we're halfway through the second year. Um, so yeah. And we had quite a lot of people come back from the first year, which was really lovely. So, and the good thing about it is that everyone, it it is such a safe space. And I know that there, there is other like membership groups out there who are helping women in business. And, um, but I think you really have to vibe with the group, um, before you, you join and I guess I was looking for something myself to join because I, I you know as I mentioned before I before I quit my job I, I was overwhelmed stressed I was reaching burnout every two or three weeks but I desperately wanted to make my business work so I was kind of looking for something to help myself as well and um, but nothing out there was kind of vibing with me it was all very uh, brash very shouty or it was putting one person at the helm who claimed to be the person who was going to teach you everything that you needed to know about business despite or regardless of of the industry that that they had knowledge of so it kind of came from a place of need as well um 
but yeah, so we're in our second year and it's, it is really exciting. Obviously the pandemic has um, kind of thrown a bit of a spanner in the works and we've had to be uh, adapting to that for the content that we're giving the community. But um, yeah, um, I'm part of the collective to learn and grow my own hustle, which is essentially the magazine. Um, and I think because I've always been dead transparent about my journey, um, it's nice to have that safe space for even me to breathe out um and the collective does that for a lot of people and do the other members pay is it a paid for thing or yeah it's a paid for thing so um essentially that was that was my safety net when I when I I jumped ship from full-time employment was you know I put it on as a a paid membership and it was membership um membership fees essentially that 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 gave me that safety net to sort of take the take the leap into um yeah full time on the on the mag really and can I come on to ask how difficult was it to publish a magazine in a pandemic oh I've seen a few comments on on your website about that you did bring out an, an issue right in those first few weeks oh. of lockdown how was that yeah it was awful <laughs> um if I'm being honest yeah I definitely wouldn't recommend it to anyone it's I mean I think it depends on your situation really if you had like a a big beautiful country house and you know you had a lot of support and you weren't worried about where you know your your wage was coming from or anything like that then you know it might be possible but you know as I mentioned I'm a single mum we live in a top floor flat (laughs) um and yeah, it's just, it's been really difficult to try and juggle everything. Um, it's thrown uh, issues up at every single, every single email, there's an issue. Whether it yeah. is, um, obviously, we've not been able to go out and, and take photos or features or anything. So the girls have had to be really, think outside of the box, if you like, about how yeah. we get yeah. uh, those those images and the visuals in. Um and yeah it's it's just been I mean it's been an absolute learning curve uh as as though I thought I needed any more of those but um yeah it, it now that it's come back from print so it arrived back um about 10 days ago and I'm still yeah. sort of decompressing from all of that and I am finally starting to look at the magazine and think that's a good job <laughs> you've done all right there you know um yeah but yeah and, and of... how are you getting it out now how are you going to be able to distribute it well just just the same way that we always have so the magazine is essentially um it's funded by pre-orders so this one was no different yeah. we had hoped to have some advertising uh, revenue for for this year we were looking at getting some sponsorship from brands and it was all looking positive and we were in chats with some great companies um, who unfortunately had to back out um, because of the pandemic so we were kind of thrown back into doing it solo again which I guess is like you know it's disappointing of course it's disappointing but it's no it's actually not a big deal with We've, we've done it off our own back many many times before so so that's fine um but yeah so the we had 240 pre-orders go out um over the first sort of four to five days and normally I can get those out in in a couple of days but it took me about a week to try and um, catch up with all of those just because logistically 
the post offices are obviously um, working very, very hard on a sort of skeleton yeah. staff, um, mm-hmm. reduced hours, etc. Um, and the amount of time that I can spend in the studio is limited as well. So that kind of threw up things. But yeah, we are, we're still sending out every day. Um, so orders are coming through the website a lot. We've just sent out our first lot of retailer orders and we're hoping to kind of expand on our retailers list in the next couple of weeks. Um, and for your, for, was it this issue that you created personalised covers for? Yes, yeah, I did. How, yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about that? How did you come up with the idea and how many did you do? Oh, Is it something yeah. you would do again? Uh-huh. Um, well, I guess with every issue that we've done before, so it's, it's a bit confusing because people are like, oh, it's the first issue of this. And, and it is definitely, it's 100% the first issue of Delicate Rebellion. But we did print four She Is Fierce before this. Yeah. Um, so with every issue, um, I give a little something to say thank you to the people who pre-order because essentially if it wasn't for them, I couldn't cover my print run. Um, yeah so and and I guess the idea of gifting goes back to my initial obsession with the teenage girls magazines where the pool for them tends to be a really crap nail varnish or something stuck on the front Um, and so from the start I always wanted to give something that was really high quality so for example we did like really beautiful limited edition enamel pins and patches art prints and yeah, for this one, because because I feel like this is kind of the big sister, if you like, um, and my pages are like my most precious project, if you like. Um, and because I still have the luxury of being quite a small publication, personalising each cover was my way of giving the readers a little bit of that for themselves. I thought, I mean, what's more special than, you know, given a slice of print to someone so yeah and I I think it's gone down really well people seem to really love it and each one was like it wasn't like a spreadsheet pull-in job but each one was individually typed into um, my design document so uh, it felt really special doing it for everyone and you also have um, a small online store I wondered how those different pillars of your business so you've got the store you've got the print magazine yeah the collective um how do they work together and complement one another um well I think because the magazine uh, going forward uh, prints twice a year um, it was really important for me to kind of um identify some other I guess from like some streams of income um yeah whereas before before the rebrand I was just clutching at straws I didn't really have much time to sort of think about anything really I was taking the magazines to markets vintage markets and you know I'm not a business woman so I was just you know I wasn't really putting much thought or structure into what we were doing so when I rebranded I really wanted to be quite concise with where I spent my time so yeah we've got the magazine the store the collective and the events um yeah so the magazine prints twice a year um and the magazine, although it makes no money, it's the absolute heart of my business. Um, yeah. The collective offers, I guess, exciting momentum to the year because we run a 12-month term, as I mentioned, um, yeah. which is really nice because 
every year we can pick up new mentors, we can pick up new members. And because we run on a 12 month sort of um, term basis, we can move quite quickly with things that change. So new platforms and um, new technology, we can keep up to date with that quite well. Um, And it's nice to have a start, middle and end. And it's really lovely that it's a closed community. So once we start in um, October, we don't, our doors are then closed for the year. So the girls in the group get a really, a really amazing chance to really get to know each other and network really well, which is lovely. And then between that, we have events, which obviously have been scuppered for the year. Um, Yeah, so although I mentioned that... um, I'm a bit of an introvert. I do love an in real life event. Um, I I kind of cater my events towards introverts, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. So they're always quite small, quite intimate. Um, the way that they are marketed is really thoughtful. Um, when we have the event, I send out my mobile number to everyone who's coming just in case they're nervous to come in by themselves and I'll go outside and meet them um yeah so I like to keep everything really um really close if you know what I mean <laughs> we're very welcoming yeah but we yeah, don't we yeah. don't like to overwhelm so um yeah and the merchandise the store itself is just a way for me to try and make some extra extra cash to keep things ticking over from I guess between between issues and I guess the idea for that is to diversify diversify our range. Um, I'm quite excited to collaborate with more people on some new products this year. So, um, yeah, kind of opening up our platform to, to um, creatives that need a little bit more exposure. Great. And looking back at your own publishing journey, yeah. um, I know it's quite a difficult um, question to answer, but... Would you have advice for someone thinking about launching their own independent magazine? Yeah, I think like have a have a, it has to come from, like from the heart. You have to be really passionate yeah. about it. So really take time to consider what makes you really happy. Like what what would you love to spend the rest of your time reading and writing about? Uh, what kind of people do you want to spend your time with and 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 kind of develop it from there? And um, from that you will hopefully uh, create a little bit of a community around you. And, and I think community is a great place to start. Um, so although it's coming from your own passions, you'll eventually create a little bit of a tribe and they'll help kind of uplift and, and, and kickstart your journey in publishing. Um, yeah. And what about The Delicate Rebellion? Where next? What's going to happen with the next issue? And do you have big plans for the future? Um, God, I don't really ever think too far ahead. Um, We're looking forward to um, launching awards in the next couple of weeks. So it was something that we had, um, we'd we'd chatted about quite a lot in the collective. And it's such a good way to sort of um, offer a tip of the cap to creatives who are singing for their supper much like I am um yeah yeah so we've we've been working hard behind the scenes uh, reaching out to uh, judges and um people who want to be involved in that and and I think despite the 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 pandemic and 
the obvious restrictions that are going to be around live events um we are thinking outside the box and hoping that we are going to still go ahead with that in sort of November time um so yeah we've got the the awards then we'll be printing issue two towards the end of the year and then hopefully 2021 we can really start building on our smaller events our secret Sundays and our um collective meetups and start building on that again um yeah but and sorry I was gonna say you're, you're based in Edinburgh is it mainly for people from from Scotland from the Edinburgh area or can it be from further afield yeah we've actually got um it's it's for anyone honestly like we've got we've got members in the collective from um Europe we've got readers from all corners of uh all corners of the world actually but um interestingly our stats are we are 60 percent like london based of our like followers on social media um so yeah Yeah. we're we're pretty national international so yeah we don't discriminate And finally, and I know you have spoken against the cult of celebrities, and this is not a celebrity question. Um, You might just want to choose somebody quite ordinary, but (laughs) I wondered which women in the media space do you particularly admire and why? I mean, I guess there's there's quite a lot, Um, but if, if I'm keeping it to sort of like publishing magazines, then I think probably Penny Martin from The Gentlewoman. Um, okay i i really love how considered their publication is and i think also like we're we're really lucky that our vibe has attracted our really special tribe i think that penny's managed to achieve the same with the gentlewoman um and i know that she does these uh like sort of events and in real life meetups for for women from around the country um, and it just seems like a really considered, comfortable approach to community. Um, and I and I really like that. So, yeah. Great. Well, Hannah Taylor from The Delicate Rebellion, thank you so much for joining us on the In Publishing podcast this week. Oh, thanks so much. I would like to thank ATEX again for sponsoring this podcast. If you would like to discuss how ATEX can help you with either your content or advertising management, then check out their website at atex.com or contact Alberto Mari, their Head of Business Development, on 07500 433 157 or by email at amari at Thank you very much to Hannah for being our guest this week. You can find out more about The Delicate Rebellion at thedelicaterebellion.com, where you will also find links to their Twitter, Instagram and Facebook pages. We hope you're enjoying our new podcast series. If you have any feedback or suggestions, then we'd love to hear from you via editorial at inpublishing.co.uk. Thank you for listening and please join me next week on the In Publishing podcast.